this week on Deep Night. Do you have pants on your planet? Oh, gosh, what if it's a planet of pants? Talking pants. Still none of them in my size. Oh, friends, hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm pleased to be your host, a little glimmer in your peripheral vision, an object that may be closer than I appear, and your guide through the metaphysical highway that runs through this, the deep night. And welcome once again to the hour of regrets and revelations. Yes, the clock on the microwave says 4 a.m., which means it's time for us to slough off our physical beings and end up intertwined in a psychic astral ball of see-through limbs and energy hair, glowing in the pale, dim light of a salt lamp. Has anyone used one of those to read? Not easy, is it? More salt than lamp, really. And in all my days, I never thought, oh, this room is dark. Could use some salt. Anyway, Galinda buys the things, and I just go with it. It's her money, after all, and I'm like a really tidy Airbnb guest. That's what second marriages are like. Happy to be around and always picking things up to ensure a solid rating. If you haven't implemented a rating system with your spouse, I recommend it. Easy enough if you have a few manila envelopes and some of those uh, 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 gold things that you put in the three-hole punch. What are those called? Have I ever known? That's knowledge that just disappeared from my headspace. Ah, well, as long as I never forget that these are my hands, I should be okay. You look down and think, now what are those, and who who are those, what do they belong to? Well, that's a dark day, isn't it? Yes. Ah, uh, do I want to live in a home surrounded by caretakers in my old age? You bet. Now, don't tell that to Galinda. She wants to be buried at the roots of an ancient tree in the high desert the minute she can no longer function. But me, I'm fine. Put me in a nice home somewhere. It can smell like soup. I love soup. The more carpet, the better. I've lived my whole life on hardwood floors, and I cannot wait to pat around in soft slippers or thick socks, probably multiple socks. That's what happens. You're never, never warm enough, so you've got to put on two or three pairs of socks and just treading on dense carpeted surfaces. Oh, now I may have brought this up before, but when I was at my lowest point in mourning for one thing or another, I never wanted to end my life, no. But I wanted to be institutionalized in the worst way. Just clean white sheets, people in matching clothes. I guess I could join a cult. It would be similar. But there's something about a heartless and welcoming place with standardized toilets. It just puts a fella at ease. And meatball sandwiches. I love them both, but I'm trying to be enthusiastic for tofu uh, for Galinda. She's wild for this stuff. We have ten buckets of those chewy blocks fermenting on our fire escape. Thank goddess for those Home Depot buckets. And thank goddess uh, 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 someone left those behind in our basement. Because I like Home Depot for its bold color scheme, but I'm not a fan of their politics. So I choose Lowe's most days. As long as Lou the manager doesn't corner me with an in-depth recap of his latest Tinder dates and adventures with grouting his sister's bathroom. I barely care about my own grout, let alone a stranger's tile filler. He does have a way with a trowel, though. I'll give him that. And I wish more women his age could see that and appreciate that in him. What he lacks in stature, good grooming, and properly fitting trousers, he more than makes up for in spreadable tool technique. We come to you, as we always do tonight, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. 
and big things happening over there. They're turning another abandoned building into some kind of shared work environment for creatives. Doesn't that get your nether regions whistling? Creatives? But now with so much going on that is actually destructive to the world and planet, civilization, it seems quaint to get annoyed by words we call ourselves. Remember when words mattered? Ha! Who cares about that anymore? Oh, gotta save us! Well, I'm just back from a trip to Omaha and Kansas City. Galinda had some healing workshops she was running out there, and I was happy to tag along. I don't always get invited. But I was making a little bit of a stink out of feeling excluded from things. When you're an only child, that's a big fear, being left alone. Though I'm no longer a child, as she pointed out repeatedly, I'm a man of a certain age, born in the year of I'd rather not say, and I still get lonely. So she upped the price of her workshops to cover my flight and used her Starwood points to secure a fold-out cot in all of our hotel rooms, and we were off together again doing the good work. Now, as is so often the case, uh, while Glinda was occupied unlocking the chakras of women on the plains, I sat in the car or ran to the Sinclair station to fill the rented Corolla up with gasoline, old melted dinosaur body. I imagine the original idea of the Sinclair Dino, you know, that's their logo, is the dinosaur, your green dinosaur, a brontosaurus. And uh, I imagine the original idea of that was probably a fun one. You know, fossil fuels are best represented by a cute dino in a pre-fossilized state, so go with that. Better than an Exxon, which is the sound a rich guy's thighs make in an expensive suit as he's walking around a scale model of a pipeline that runs through a protected habitat. Exxon sounds evil, doesn't it? Lacks the generic spirit of independence of a 76 station with its slowly spinning ball of freedom. Or Esso, that's another one. That hits the ear like uh, a wad of thick paint. A softness to oil production is what Esso brought. Mobile kept things moving. That made sense. But our dino, our sweet little dino, he's the best of them all. It shows where things came from, and it shows where we're headed if we don't start putting solar panels on all of our roofs. I'd wear solar panels if I could, just little shimmery things powering all my bits and bots. On one of my trips to the filling station, I met a lovely couple, Corey and Leandro Sparks, two gents who had recently married, could not have been nicer or well-dressed. Now, Leandro is definitely the clothes horse of the two. I thought I knew all the places you could put fringe. And they were just as excited for the dinosaur statue they had out in front of that Sinclair mini-mart. I was joking with them as I snapped their picture. Little known fact, that was the actual size of dinosaurs, all riddle, all real little like that. About the size of a small pony, I called out. And we laughed. You know, it's just a small little statue. And I think in the old days they used to have big ones out there. But now, I don't know, budget cuts, vandalism, probably. You never realize how much maintenance is involved in hosting a giant brontosaurus in your front yard. More people would have them, I bet. There's a fella out there in New Jersey ran a dinosaur theme park. Couldn't keep it going on account of the maintenance. It's cheaper to steal a fossil from the Natural History Museum and keep it in your sock drawer. Which is something I would totally never do. But if one did, I bet on long nights thinking about space and time with a picture of sangria... One could really enjoy the heck out of having an ancient bone in your hands. Couldn't one? 
if one were into that. Anyway, Corey and Leandro, oh, they just had so much fun that after they took my photo, I guess they uh, pocketed my cell phone. Simple mistake, which I didn't realize until they were, well, on their way down 71, and I was there frantically checking all of my pockets of all the days to wear my 100 pocket pants. I bought them after I saw a commercial for these things on the TV. It was late, and I had just tweeted a pretty nasty tweet about cargo pants when it occurred to me that the problem with cargo pants is not just the two pockets on the side. It's the fact that there aren't enough pockets all around. And darn it, if this commercial didn't say exactly the same thing, and some lady in Cedar Rapids had invented the things and was selling them for three installments to $39.99, so I dipped into my raised voice jar, one of the old plastic pretzel containers I had left over uh, uh, from my Dale's So Depressed and Nothing Sounds Good But Pretzels phase, and that's where I kept money uh, if I raised my voice, just to dump a dollar in there or, or what have you. Uh, sometimes I realize it, sometimes Galinda prompts me. Anyway, I had the scratch, so I put it in an envelope and sent it off. Six months later, I had a brand new pair of multi-pocketed pants. Now, I'll say the pockets are significantly smaller than one would expect, but anyhow, it dawned on me that the phone was with Corey and now well on its way to Sioux City. So I searched 70 more pockets till I found the last remaining cough drop I had in my pants, and I popped it in decided to drive back to pick up Galinda, tail between my legs, and uncertain whether I'd received any text updates about my Grubhub orders. You miss a lot when you don't have a phone. I couldn't see what was happening with Tugger Firmoil back at the meditation center. I had no idea if anyone liked my tweet about box springs. And probably most importantly, I was without a GPS navigational device, so it took over two hours for me to find my way back to the cul-de-sac where Galinda was standing outside with her meditation tray and collapsible divination board, positively fuming. I apologized, and after some breathing exercises and a few sips of lukewarm Dr. Pepper I had in the forward cup holders, Galinda calmed down and we laughed it off. Another great experience in our cosmic adventure. Anyway, we found an AT&T store and got things squared away. Now, if you're ever outside of Plattsmouth, look up Wesley at the Shadow Lake Town Center. He runs quite a place. Nice rug, too. The one on the floor and the one Wes was wearing. Oh, I kid you, Wes. I kid. That's the kind of relationship we had just right off the bat, instantly. Just uh, two two guys having fun. Oh, I love being <laughs> out on the road. Excuse me. Sometimes you pick up a little cough. That's what you do when you're out there traveling. And that's uh, I still have it. I still have this little tickle in my throat, but I love the road. I do, even even if you catch a disease, it's still kind of fun. You know, it's worth it. Just meeting people, you never know what's gonna happen. Now, one of the hotels that we were staying in, we met another great character. I always make a point to get to the breakfast area early, right after seven or so, so I can take in the papers, load up on caffeine before Galinda sees me, because she's more of a tea person, which is annoying until it becomes charming and then it quickly becomes annoying again. She always brings her tea back with her. She's that kind of a person. So why not, you know, live a little, explore tea from other cultures? I want to see how the Marriott experience compares with the Hilton tea experience and what strange new sensations exist when one enters the Radisson chain and their tea selections. It could be really wild, but always with her and the hot water, and I have my own a tea bag, thank you very much. So I load up on fresh toast, and I'll ask if they have any corn on the cob, which they never do, which is a mistake every hotel chain makes. 
and coffee. Just so much coffee. At the one place we stayed in Kansas, there was a gal there who was kind of aggressive with offering the cappuccino, so instantly I loved her. That's what you want in the morning, assertiveness. And she barked at me, would I like a cappuccino? And I said, hello there, I like you, and you bet. Keep them coming. She put cinnamon on there, which is not for everyone, but it is for me. And she had so many great lines with the customers coming in. Her name was Simone, and she had the kind of face that would not be out of place underwater. Big eyes for seeing in dark places and the wide, you know, air-gasping lips of the aquatic. She could sling a cappuccino as well. She could dish out some memorable lines. And she told one fella, you have beautiful eyes. Are they real? <laughs> I just laughed. And so did he. And then we all did. That's what had kind of infectious, you know, goes around the whole breakfast room. Then another guy, handsome build with real powerful calves. It was a warm day for March, and he was wearing shorts and a vest. As Simone delivered a cappuccino to him, she held it back for a moment and said, that's a nice vest. I give you two cappuccinos for that vest. Confused, he muttered, what? Okay, three cappuccinos for the vest. You drive hard bargain. <laughs> and again, we laughed, because that's exactly the interaction you want in the morning in a strange place after several hours of travel and a so-so's night of sleep on a too soft mattress or a cot. Ideal hotel room temperature, 69 degrees. Generally about 72 is perfect if you're inside, but I find hotel rooms... You want to keep it on the cooler side, better for sleeping, no more than 69. If you're on a cot, kind of near the window and under the fan, you may want to raise it to 71, uh, but make sure that everyone in the room is cool with the change, because otherwise it's not going to happen. Have you paid your taxes yet? You might not want to. You might think, I don't know, government's going pretty well so far. I'd like to contribute more to what they're doing so they can fund less of what I care about. Well, I'm paying a lot this year is why I bring it up. As it turns out, the Johnson's floor wax money was a little too good. It didn't help that I also landed a little Listerine account last year. And my thanks to the PR team there for sending me so many bottles of the stuff. I could repair my sleep hammock with all the floss they sent over. So thank you, truly. Also, I should not have claimed seven dependents. But I love my plants like children, so I put them all down. Anyway, in an attempt to put a little money to uh, uh, defray the taxes that I owe, you know, bring in a little bit more money to, to, to offset this outpouring that's going to happen. And uh, uh, look, I've gotten money back every year since 2005. This is a blow. When you owe more than 14 grand in taxes, you're like, wait a minute, I'm not rich. I don't have a robot housekeeper or a dog with dollar signs tattooed into its genetic code that I paid a lot for through a doctor I met in a Malaysian pool hall, which I think is the origin of Dollar the Dog from Richie Rich. But I can't be certain because he never released his tax returns. The point is, I don't have that kind of scratch lying around. I'd have to raise my voice continually to fill a jar with that much money. A permanent decibel boost. So now i got to hustle some gigs. That's the point which is why I've been out to LaGuardia doing shows and uh, out there in Amtrak uh, and, of course, just filling in here and there as a host to Mike, Major D. It's been exhausting. But then I thought, you know, I landed this big fish with a voiceover gig for the floor wax. Maybe there are other companies that make other things for which they'd like a silky voice to push their product to a diverse and national audience. So I've been meeting with voiceover agents and we've been getting a good response. Still in the courtship phase is what we call it, so there's nothing to report, but this is one of my goals this year, to do something with another person who works in an office. So this counts. Watch out, bucket list. Shaking hands with a mannequin wearing only overalls is up next.
to be clear, if it's not already to you, dear listener, I have no idea what I'm doing. At any given moment, I'm just sitting here thinking, how do people do this? Then I go back to watching YouTube clips of Rachel Maddow and wondering if she uses a neck extender or if following connections to Russian oil tycoons in the current administration just results in elongated extremities. I wonder if her nose twitches every time she feels there's a mystery. Oh, that's a deep cut for you DC Comics fans. Enjoy it, Ralph Dibney heads. Anyway, I thought, that's elongated, man. You'll get it. You don't have to look it up. People know. Anyway, I thought, well, I'll reach out to some others who do voiceover and see who they use. And that's like asking someone in New York for a recommendation about a doctor. You say, you like your doctor? They never do. And they say basically some variation on, well, I got a guy, but I wouldn't recommend him. Well, how is that helpful? What does one do? So finally, I got a response, and I acted on it, and I went in. And the folks could not be nicer. So we'll see what happens. And the best part of being the age I am, I'm only marginally invested in my own success. At this point, failure is the norm. So what's more failure on top of failure? You can make uh, something uh, uh, empty, but you can't make something more empty. So so let's have at it. We're going to see what happens. Now, it would be fun to get a video game voiceover, wouldn't it? For a video game adventure set in, I don't know, a hotel or something. I could be the porter. Need out with your bags, governor. You know, then I turn into a slithering alien and eat the bags if there's no tip. And then the whole game is about getting that bag back. Or it's about the alien infiltrating the hospitality industry. Like he gets really into doing a good job. But he can't stop eating the bags and lamps and things. So you have to keep him busy helping guests and... You got to feed them with regular stuff like turnips, which can only be found through a series of calls to the turnip distributor. And it's like a whole puzzle to get through to the turnip customer service center. So even though it's about service, it's also about dignity and also immigration because timeliness. If you work in the video game industry and you like what I just pitched, send me a note. Let's make it a reality. I can do all the voices or we can probably get Rachel Dratch to come in. Uh, maybe Jerry Ryan. We'll just have some fun with it. It's just a whole world of opportunity out there, ladies and gentlemen. One has to remember that. Galinda's doing so well with her healing workshops, and I'm around, also doing things, so it's a marriage of equals. And that feels good. It really does. We just celebrated a day without a woman, part of Women's March and their ongoing activities. I'm a big fan of the concept. Kind of a less intense Lysistrata. To be honest, I went so many days without a woman that I'll probably be fine. That's the joke everybody makes, right? But that's the problem. That that place of privilege that let me jest about something that's this important. It's no secret that I wholeheartedly support any action like this. Walk out every day if we have to. Something is not right. Now, you don't need me to tell you that. Our mutual outrage sponge is fully saturated. The fact of the matter is that we have a president of the United States who uses several, several pieces of scotch tape to hold his too long, cheaply made tie in place. Years of that, right? And years of men figuring things out with and without women. And one of the things that we've figured out, humanity, is how to make ties, how to wear ties, how to use tie clips and pins and tie tacks. There's a world of tie harnesses out there 
And this man is too proud or too dumb to use one of these ideas, for whatever reason. Probably Daddy wore it that way, and he's still looking for approval or something. My point is, three pieces of scotch tape. Not even the good kind of invisible tape, but the milky kind. You know, the kind that's not quite up to packages, if you ask me. You won't get a package at Christmas or for your birthday with that tape on it from me, let alone use it to hold the tie I'd wear on my own inauguration day. You think he has a gold tape dispenser, Koozie? I bet he does. I bet he talks to it, like it reassures him that he looks totally normal, when in fact he looks like the manager at a radio shack in Poughkeepsie, whose wife just left him. Don, you got any plans this weekend? Me? Oh, yeah, big plans. Big, big plans. Big league plans. But then he goes back to his basement room he shares with a turtle named Jill after his high school crush and pops in some of those Stouffer's French bread pizzas into his toaster oven and burns the top of his mouth and the cheese because it gets too hot. And he grabs a half-empty bottle of Sprite sitting on the cardboard box he uses as a coffee table to wash it down, but it's old, old, flat Sprite. And so he just suffers through it and eventually falls asleep, sitting up, watching a rerun of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's the kind of person who uses cheap scotch tape on his tie. Our grandparents fought for us to have nice things, like tie clips. Can you imagine the brave men and women of the greatest generation breaking codes, fighting in the rubble of Europe, parachuting in behind enemy lines, serving... Uh, time captured as POWs. Imagine them coming home and being surrounded by small-minded idiots with tape on their tie. What's that there on your tie, son? Even the not-so-great generation fighting in the jungles of Vietnam. Hey, man, what's with your tie? They'd be on the first plane back to the Mekong Delta. What other office supplies is he hiding in that ill-fitting suit? Does he staple his watch together each morning? Is his belt made with a three-hole punch? He's not actually wearing socks. It's just layers of whiteout. I assume it's double-sided whatever that's holding the hair thing on his head. There's probably a secret tunnel to Office Max under the White House. Like he knows the delivery guy by name. What city are we in, Melania? Oh, I hear Budapest has amazing adhesives. It's funny until it's sad, and then it's scary, and then it's sad again. I never had a problem with fashion. I had an innate sense of things early on. That and my mother had a severe shopping addiction, so I spent a lot of time in women's dressing rooms and women's clothing stores at the layaway counter at Kmart. In the payover timeline at Wanamaker's, I hit them all. And I did get to see how fashion evolved and how one dressed. I came to really love the feel of new clothes. I still have a problem uh, once they've been washed, you know. I like the feeling of the sizing spray they use in the stores to make sure everything is crisp and new. I buy a shirt that looks great, and within an hour, it's pulling this way and that way and wrinkling. All I have to do is bend over and tie my shoe, and it's a wrinkle fest. I started just wearing slip-ons and or putting on my shoes first, while nude to avoid fabric wrinkles. Skin wrinkles I can do nothing about. I mean, I, mean, I could run or work out or whatever, but you know what, I'm, what I mean. So yes, I've grown physically, but also spiritually. And as I owe some of that to the experience of doing this show. And by all the many wonderful interactions I have with you, my listener. So many of you have come out to see the performances at transportation hubs, theaters of ill repute, speakeasies, and youth hostels. That has been its own reward doing this show. 
And as unbelievable as it may seem, this episode will come out just a few weeks after our eighth anniversary of doing this program. Started before many others, when the podcast landscape was still relatively flat. Mark Marin had not yet reached his lowest point, starting a podcast. Others were just getting going. No one knew what a podcast could be yet. And as I listen to some of those early episodes, I think, yep, I should have waited. <laughs> I should have invested in a better mic early on. But one doesn't know what the future holds, unless you're a time traveler. And if you are, might I suggest going back and fixing a word or two in an email to John Podesta. Or, you know, stop scotch tape from being invented. We would get by. I don't think that was inevitable. I, re I, really, I really don't. We'd have found a way. Maybe it would just be smaller tape. So maybe that wouldn't solve the problem. All right, so maybe they just find uh, uh, baby Don and leave a pile of tie clips on his baby dresser. If he choked on one, well, that would be a tragedy, wouldn't it? We don't wish any little rich baby ill. But um, again, we would find some way to soldier on. As a people, we'd have to. And uh, look, he could also just use them. He could also just know how to use them. That'd be great, too. Imagine if he was actually put together. I'm sorry, it's so hard to not talk about news. I try not to, I do, but we're all consumed by it. And that's been part of the evolution of this show as well. Uh, 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 let more of the world in. Address it head on. So if you've been with me since the beginning, thank you. If you're just tuning in, you got a lot to catch up on. And if you're on one of those new planets we just discovered, hold tight! Dale's on his way with a lot of great content and multiple episodes about buying pants. Do you have pants on your planet? Oh, gosh, what if it's a planet of pants? Talking pants? Still none of them in my size. No matter what, I bet there's a sad podcaster out there on one of those lava rocks. There's one in every corner of every galaxy. But I'm happy to be in this one. For now, I'm so glad you could join me for this week's journey into the deep night. I remain, as ever, Dale Seaver. We have another live show happening on Wednesday, March 22nd at the Sliver Room at 8 p.m. in New York City. These shows are a lot of fun. I do hope you'll spend some time with me as I welcome my guest, Nicole Silverberg from The Reductress, comedian Alex English, and seance and spiritualism photographer Shannon Taggart. It's a fine time for $10, $12 if you wait, and the drinks are strong, the vibes are good, and there's always a few people who wander in expecting burlesque. Come on out. And this is exciting. I'm going to be guest hosting the uh, Welcome to Spring edition of the Brooklyn Loft Party, a variety show at Littlefield over on the shores of my beloved Guwani. Yes, it's a night of unusual acts and death-defying feats with close-up magic, tango, and dancing gals wearing very little. I'll be there wearing lots, and I hope you can be there too. Let's spend some more time together. Info on that show is up at bkloftparty.com. Bookmark it. All the other information is on DaleRadio.com. And remember, even after eight years, although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night is written and performed by James Bewley with production assistance from Harvest Works in New York City. Music throughout each episode is provided by the amazing talents on the artistic roster of Howler Hills Farm in the great state of Ohio. Deep Night theme by Zach Gabbard, Season 9 podcast icon and logo designed by Samantha Mash. Download episodes directly through DaleRadio.com or subscribe and review the show on iTunes. Also available on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and SoundCloud. 
Follow Dale on Twitter at Dale Radio or Instagram at Dale Seaver for behind-the-scenes peeks into the production of the show and the life of Dale Seaver. Thank you to all the subscribers and supporters of this program, and thanks to you for listening.